The game changed, I'm here to restore order New school or old school, I'm here to connect the border Real hip-hop, is just trying to bring that feeling back I'm a fan of the culture, so for real I be missing that When you had to really rap, when you said you could spit a rap Trash, you get nothing, if you hot, then you get adapted Bronx, the birthplace of the legendary genre August 11 is the date, really you should honor Important date, if you don't know about it, it's a problem It happens to be the date that hip-hop was started Careless one, said bring it to the safer Gucci rap, taking the war, that was fire Rock him, I ain't no joke, was on the lineup Jada and they dog What's going on? It's your boy, the Joker, the Over the Gipsy Live here on the Evening Rush Network, man, on the Underground Lounge. You know what I mean? Here with a, a major special guest, man. We're going to get into good conversation into uh, 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 mental health, our life story, and also get into some hip hop because he's a hip hop historian. You know what I'm saying? We'll get into that in the second half of the show. But uh, don't waste no time, man. I got my brother right here. He's a coach, he's a mentor, uh, uh, he is a teacher. He's, he's he got mad degrees right now. He's in college right now, going for his PhD, doing big things out there in Texas. We pretty much pretty much pre grew up together, I should say. And uh, I mean, he's a good friend of mine, a brother. All day, I could tell him I, I could call him my brother every day, all day. My man, Coach G, is in the building. What's going on, family? Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Thank man, you for those man. kind words. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. You yeah, you definitely. Been putting in that work. We 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 was talking uh backstage before we got live, and then those who just tuning in, make sure y'all let us know where you what you were hitting up from. Uh, give your shout outs and all that good stuff. All the people that's tuning in on Facebook, on the YouTube, and Even Rush Network, and all that, man. We appreciate y'all. We on all the platforms right now. We on iHeartRadio. We on uh, Spotify. We on Tidal. We on Fire Stick right now. We all over the world right now. And all the platforms, man, including YouTube, uh, Facebook, and all that good stuff. So. We're going to get right into the conversation with Coach G in the building uh, right here, man. We've been, been a long time since we talked. He always supported what I got going on. I always supported what he got going on. And uh, we're going to get right into it, man. And um, let's get right into it, man, with your, your, your story, man, because uh, you have an amazing story that I, uh, that I want people to understand and, and know. I think you can help a lot of people out on this platform on your story. Uh, I know a little bit of it, uh, being in placement homes with you, and uh, we definitely uh, uh, built a bond in basketball, music, culture, black history, hip hop, and all that. So let people know a little bit about your story. Well, well, thank you for that introduction. Well, let me just say this, and I'm going to try to keep it as brief as possible because I'm an old, time, I'm an old, yeah, I'm an old man. And yeah. so you know how it can get. But actually, my story started uh, before I was even born. Uh, it started yeah. 15 years before I was born. Yeah. Um, I found out. Um, a couple of years ago when I did my ancestry and then I was introduced to my family, uh, my aunt revealed to me that my grandfather, unfortunately, um, ended the lives of multiple people. Yes. He killed multiple people. Exactly. Um, in doing that, he attempted to kill my my grandmother and my mother. If he would have been successful, I wouldn't have been born. Yes. Um, he did what he did. He ended up fleeing, going to jail. That affected my family horribly. Uh, my mother ended up developing schizophrenia. Um, she would unfortunately um, be victim of, a, of an assault, which I was the result of. I was the result of, of a sexual assault. And so after that happened, um, I was born prematurely, had some health issues. She relinquished me at two years old. 
And then at that point, I'm in and out of the foster care system. I was in five placements. Um, one of my placements was so bad. Get this. I was adopted. They were abusive. Right. Their rights were terminated. Mm. You usually don't terminate on adopted parents. Right. So their rights were terminated. I was given back to the system, had a couple of failed adoptions, a couple more foster homes. And then of course the group home, which we met right. um, is which, um, and then I ended up, I was playing soccer at that time. Right. And um, I developed a love for it, a passion for it. And then I ended up playing select elite with the Delaware soccer club. Yeah. And then I continued with the training and all of that ended up playing a little bit of soccer at Texas A&M international in Laredo. Yeah. But the one consistent thing through all of this, through my whole story was that education was the key to keeping me out of trouble. Yeah. Um, I went to, I went to Hutch tech high school in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Um, when I was living in Geneseo, New York, I was still focused on my education. I was playing soccer there, playing a little bit of basketball, but I was always focused on my education mm -hmm. and trying to just do something better. Mm -hmm. And then, as you know, I got involved with a little bit of, you know, learning about Malcolm X. Yeah. And that's what got me um, as far as helping me learn about learning about mental health yeah. and getting myself in a better position. Through all this, yes, I struggled. Um, I went to a few different colleges before I ended up in TAMIU and Laredo playing yeah. soccer. Yeah. But the biggest thing was the consistency was the education. Yeah. I became a student of Malcolm X and his speeches and his works. Yeah. And as I learned and researched what Malcolm X did, I realized that as a black man, yeah. I need to learn more about myself, my history, right. to understand where I came from, to yeah. help others move forward. Then I used soccer as a means as my outlet, but I also used therapy to figure things out because a lot of times, you know, therapy is used to as a weapon. Yeah. But I got the right therapist, learned about the condition that I was diagnosed with, which I have no problem talking about, yeah. reactive attachment disorder, where yeah. you're placed in different homes and your caregivers are different people. That's How right. can you bond? That's as right. human beings, we bond. Yep. And so that was my biggest issue. And so I used that, harnessed that, then focused on a sport, soccer, developed a love and a passion for it. Yeah. And so yeah. now um, I have this Vivian FC Fitness, which is a, um, a platform which I use as I give up speeches. I do yeah. mentorship, mm -hmm. but I also train people in soccer, train kids. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a, the, the organization is just beginning. Mm -hmm. I've been giving speeches and talking to people all over Texas. Okay. And I have a YouTube channel with my Coach G podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of what I do is centered on focusing on the individual, focusing mm -hmm. on your needs. That's right. uh, you know, soccer is kind of my, my thing to get you in. Yeah. But then also my story. But you have a story. Everybody yeah. has a story. Yeah. Yeah. But we also need an outlet in order to deal with our stress. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but your story is, is definitely is touching. Um because I remember when we was in the group home, um, we, we we connected. Like a lot of other our peers connected different. We was different, you know what I'm saying? And even some of the people that was in the group home had different lanes that we could just fit in yeah. because of our background. And the only thing different was that you was very, you very intelligent in all different perspectives. And I respected that about you. But I knew I had a learning disability. I know... 
I, was, I knew something wasn't right with me. And, I, and at that time, I felt that the therapist at, at Baker Hall at that time wasn't, to me, wasn't that good. But I think the counseling part of it, I didn't trust nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was very, uh, I was open to people like you and a couple other people, even some of my peers outside of the placement couldn't understand why I was in, in, in the placement home and, and that nature. And I never really talked to everybody about where I come from. Um, but I did understand is it was some staff members there that that would look like me and came from where I came from and out of Buffalo, east side of Buffalo. That helped out a lot because they understood where I come from and they knew some of my family members. So that made me more and more comfortable to be open. But then when you do that, you know, they spill the beans in your business and then that, that cut that down. I'm back to that, you know, and that anger. You know, I had anger issues, yeah. I had mental health issues, um, I had a temper. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really was unbalanced in all different ways. Yeah. Um, and but I always remember you never lost your temper with me. I always remember we never got into a fight. We never, never had a problem. Never. 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 <laughs> because you was you you was the one I could come to. Like I some days I remember some days when you used to have uh, soccer practice. You had the school programs where you didn't even come home until like nine ish sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then and then to me I had to find different different ways because I didn't really I got along with a lot of people there, but I didn't get along far as my mental side. I got along with people far as we had to, but you know, watch TV, you know, play a little bit of pool, ping pong downstairs, you know, right. clean up, do basic stuff, play basketball. Right. You know, we did those things, but that wasn't enough. Right. You needed, a, you needed a connection. You needed right. an actual connection, not just the activity. Right. And that's why right. I say the activity of soccer or whatever it is you do, you get them in, but you build a relationship. And that's right. how I build my mentorship. I, Because yeah. I, I, I had students last year, for example, and I won't say her name, but she had some serious anger issues, seventh grader. And she actually cussed me out three times this past year. <laughs> but I said, you're playing soccer. Yeah. And then what I did was I said, we're going to take your anger. We're going to use it on the on the pitch the right way. You're going to be the protector, the guardian of my, my lead striker. Right. You're out there with her. You watch her back. And we built a great relationship. And yeah, so that's the concept, too. Exactly. And that's what you and what you just so eloquently stated. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, you know, watch TV, all that stuff. Like yeah, people, you needed, but yeah. you needed a connection. Actually, I needed the connection. You I didn't have when, when I left. When I was in the sales, I had that. Um, you know, saying shout out to Lionel Lucas, uh, shout out to Jamie. Uh, you know what I mean? And shout out to uh, all the other staff members. Rest in the peace. Uh, rest in peace, Riley. Rest in peace, Charlie Mumford. Rest in peace, Doby. You know what I mean? And it's like them, the people that kept me in line to do the things. You know what I'm saying? And then you had some staff members. That picked and choose, and I and, and and I felt like that's what my mom did with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I, and then I, I, I had a flashback. That brought that anger. That brought everything. But hip hop would do, do really save me. Hip hop, the one that saved me. Uh, every time you see me in the room, I was always writing rhymes. I, I was always beatboxing. I was always I dancing. Remember. We used to be in the backyard. We used to do the running man and dance, do routines together. You know, that's that was the that was the uh, it was an exercise, but it was also a, re- a stress reliever. Yeah. You know, doing that, it was a stress reliever doing that. And I wanted, to, I wanted to tell my story 
in music, I knew I couldn't sing. I could hold a note, but I was in the choir. Yeah. And yeah. you know, in school, but I couldn't actually sing. I, you know, I can hold it. I can hold a note, but I can't. You know. Yeah. Do a whole you know song, but I was like, I'm gonna use this hip hop to tell my story. But I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, how to do it, to put it on paper most of the time. But I kept trying and I kept trying. I remember every time I see you, you always had a rhyme for me, and I just they used to always boost me up all the time. Like, let me hear it, let me hear it. I get excited. You know what I mean? You like I was, you know, I was in school. I got done my work. I was just wanted, I just wanted to write a rhyme. And I remember to this day. When you did the beat on your on your desk in your room, and, and you did the rhyme, that that that, that was a, that was a, that was that was dope, man. I was yeah, I was yeah. loving it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that that things like that kept me having hope for me yeah, in the yeah. real world. You know what I mean. Now after the group home, I want to ask you after the group home, what was the what was the transition after you left? After the group home was a, a serious tough transition. Um, I I did my circle of support. Yeah. And then the plan was for me to move to Texas and to play, uh, to, you know, finish school. Soccer wasn't exactly the plan initially. So I ended up going to Texas a and I'm sorry, University of North Texas. It didn't work out. I had some struggles there. And then I went to a couple different colleges and it really didn't work out because of the mental health aspect that wasn't being addressed properly. But then I ended up in, te- in Laredo, Texas, at Texas A&M International. And I had played some soccer in some leagues here and there, but I was able to kind of help out and play a tiny bit there, a little bit of, you know, in the university. But that was, I ended up finishing my undergrad and playing a little bit there. And then, but while I was there, I got the help that I needed. Cause throughout my transition um, from the group home on my own, I didn't have the, the, the consistent mental health um, counseling that I needed or services. And I didn't have a family because remember, um, I aged out of the system. I had no family members. So at the time I was pretty much on my own. But once I got the right therapist who said, you, you know, you have reactive attachment disorder. We need to go to your past, figure out what the problem is, figure out where those bonds were cut. Because a son needs their mother and father. You know, we need people. And I didn't have anybody. And so once we were able to specifically look at my issue and see where the origins of the problem were, we were able to address what we needed. Then I had the soccer as the outlet. I had my education because I was a psych major. Um, And then I was able to get my teaching certification. And then... I were I started working, started teaching down there in Laredo, and then I moved to San Antonio. Okay. Um, but it was like I said, it was a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle. And then I was coming up trying to do the coaching thing on the side, but I was still dealing with a lot of issues. Yeah. And so yeah. the 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 thing that the thing about kids in care, this happens all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have these great plans for kids after they leave whatever the system is in whatever state they're in. But we don't do enough follow-up because, right. as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a pretty smart guy. I, I'm always about, I want to learn, I want to learn. I want to find out why was I having these problems? Yeah. What was I doing wrong? Yeah, I knew the history. I knew political science and all of that. But I needed to know the psychology behind it. That's part of the reason why I was a psych major. Yeah, but then right. I was able to find the right therapist down, you know, eventually. 
um, Dr. Jill Squires. I'll give a shout out to her. She's done a TED talk. Mm-hmm. She was the one that diagnosed me with reactive attachment disorder. Right. And then I worked with her. And then I found another, um, now Laredo, I had Adriana, mm-hmm. Adriana Vasquez. She was mm-hmm. amazing. And then I, she helped me. Then I had Dr. Squires. And then as we'll get into me finding my family a few years ago, mm-hmm. I got another therapist. Her name is Brittany Gold. Amazing. She took a whole different route. Oh, no That's doubt. The problem. the problem is that a lot of us, we have decades of problems after we leave the system That's because right. we have broken relationships growing up. Mm-hmm. We don't have modeling. Mm-hmm. We get into trouble, whatever that trouble looks like. And then we struggle through life. Mm-hmm. And so here I am in my 40s dealing with issues that a teenager should be dealing with. That's right. And so once I was able to get the right help and the right focus, then things took off. And of right. course, I had the soccer that was consistent. And of course, I had the coaching and the teaching, but I had my personal life, like you talked about. Yeah. We're doing all these activities, but what about the connection? Well, I, I didn't have those connections. I didn't have those connections. I thought I did. You know what I mean? With far as family right. members, I thought I did. But for years to come, me being in my, my late 40s, it seemed like now I'm getting me having kids of my yes. own. You know what I mean? And have issues. I have an autistic son. You know what I mean? I have an ADHD a, a D son. Uh, you know what I mean? And then, you know what I'm saying? I have my two daughters who's very educated, but also struggling with different mental health. You know what I mean? My oldest daughter is a nurse. She's about to graduate her IRN. Um, you know what I mean? And they're dealing with it in a different perspective. Right. You know what I mean? Because they know what I've been through. And I talk about my story all the time. Now, my question is going to ask you, when you left the group home, went into the independent living program that I failed to get into because I got incarcerated. Oh, wow. You know, you know I got arrested, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the group home. Um, and when I got arrested, that took me out of that program. But I was still cool with a lot of people that was in that program. Like, you know what I mean? Well, before I ask this question, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I was connected to all my peers. All my peers from the system all hung out together because a lot of them went to that program. They had different apartments. I don't know what apartment building you was in uh, the program, but it was a lot of apartment buildings they had for that independent living program. I stick around with them. They was going through issues, getting their GED or uh, going to college and getting jobs. It wasn't a lot of jobs back then in the early 2000s. It was like, that was a mini recession for me. Uh, but we all came together in a certain area in Allen and Elwood in Buffalo, that was like the that was the hangout spot. It was so many people that was reaching out and sharing their stories. And but I attracted the people because at the time I was an MC, I was a rapper, so we used to always freestyle and we used to always do things. They always used to love the art. The art where everybody put the art in perspective to help soothe our lives, and I use that consistently in my life, and I still do to this day. And so, for me to say all that, when you was in independent low immigrant program, how did that roll? How did that program help you? And also, what what was what was that program all about? Um, the supervised independent living program that I was in, SILP, through Gateway. Um, what it was was you had to be either working or in school or both, and they would pay for your apartment. The state covered it and everything. So I lived up on Main Street, across from the Anchor Bar, initially. Um, I had a little apartment. My first roommate 
Um, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not going to say his name because that's slander, but um, he was horrible. I mean, I'm sorry. My first roommate was cool. My second roommate was horrible. Um, his friends were coming over, using my toiletries, going in my room. I was very frustrated, um, but I didn't know how to express it. So I just shut down. And so all, I was just going to work, going to school, um, you know, working out and coming home and studying. But they messed up. They messed that all up. You know, I was trying to do my own thing and they were messing with that. And so when I finally threatened to leave, they finally switched me and my roommate. And so then they moved us closer to where the train goes underground on Main Street, um, where the old Tyco building is. They yeah. bought all those apartments. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have yeah. friends in that building. Yeah. So I ended up there. I ended up going to, I finished up at ECC City, got mm-hmm. my associates. I was working at Top. What year was that? This was ninth. Oh my God, you're 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 aging me. Uh, that was 1996, 94, 95, 96. Hey, for that year, because that was um, I was I have friends there, and um, I went to job for or trade. Yeah. And now when I got out of job for it was in it was in ninety, got in there in 90, 94, and then I got out in ninety in the middle of ninety five. Yeah. I, I had two friends that lived there, Craig. And uh, Paul Pesca, you remember Paul Pesca, Paul yeah. and um and another girl Kim Bryant, and also that was in Hopeville, and also another female I knew from Hopeville, and I used to always visit them. Yeah. And the the, the 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 guy that used to run it, I forgot his name. Good people, man. Duncan. What was his name? Duncan. Duncan. Yep. Duncan used to let me spend the night, um, because he knew where I was. I was living with my mom on Best up the street. You know, at the time, but I was always working. I had a small job, and uh, plus, at that time, yeah, I was on the street doing some things I ain't supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know, as far as drugs and stuff. But at that time, it was so hard to maintain. So, yeah. but a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of the, the people that was there, um, we just that, that was that was my hangout spot. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And and um, you know, I remember, and, and, I, and I did remember Duncan saying there was another housing on Main Street. And some of the people used to come down and visit their friends. The one guy, one girl stayed in there. She had a young little baby and her baby daddy's come and visit. But the one girl had a boyfriend that stayed in, in, in the Main Street department once. He's come down. Got the young man's name. Um, but he was, you know, he was a pretty cool dude, but he had some issues, um, some mental health issues that was on the on, off the wall, another on another wave. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I understood it, but a lot of people didn't understand it. But I yeah, never really, yeah. I never was the type of person to talk about people. I, that wasn't my yeah, thing. Yeah. You know. But that was a good program. That's the program I was going to be in, but I, because I got incarcerated, they, 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 they you know, they stopped yeah. that. Go back with my mom, yeah. and, you know, and then I was the job for. It. Yeah, I was going there. I was just, yeah, I was just going there. I was going there. I was, and then I was going to ECC. Yeah. Got my, because I was at, I start, I went to Trocare College first, okay. then I transferred to Buff State, and that um, I actually had a tryout with their soccer team. Ooh, um, wow. A lot of, and I didn't talk about it to anybody because. It didn't go very well because yeah. I was a goalie and it didn't go, it didn't go very well at all. So I tried out and then um, I had a couple practices and then I just said, you know what? I'm probably going to have to come off a team. So I did that at Buff State and then I went to ECC and I was able to get my associate's degree in social science. And that's when I started learning more about psychology. Right. I didn't know that that would be my major because I was just so interested in 
how the mind works. Yeah. And I'm like, there's got to be more to all of this because, That's right. That's right. I mean, God bless them. Uh, the, the, the SILK program was cool, but I felt like I needed more. We need more. That's Mental right. health is not, is something that is not, there's not enough money put into it or resources. That's right. And so that's, right. that's what started my journey yeah. on learning about the mind and, and it ultimately ended up with here where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, and I'll say her name again, uh, Brittany Gold, mm-hmm. who took a different route. And she said, you know what? Yeah, talking about your problems and all that isn't enough. That's right. We need to build pathways in our mind right. because mental health is a brain dysfunction, a That's brain right. disease. That's our right. brains need to be re- rewired. Back in the day, they would do lobotomies, right? Mm-hmm. We don't do that now because that's unethical. But if we build new pathways in our brain to help us deal with the stressors, there's things we can do. And I'm not talking about uh, hooking us up to machines. I'm literally talking about, you know, writing with your left hand because that's where your relationships are processed in in the right part of your brain. Left hand, right brain. You know, the crossing of the neurons. All of those things. Uh, Learning how to do things with your left hand. Um, verbalizing things because they talk about how if you verbalize something, affirmations. And so all of those things, but my journey started in Buffalo and it brought me to here where I'm at, I am now. Yeah. But my time at, at the Supervised Independent Living Program, yeah. woo, it was crazy because yeah. I was working, but my roommates were a little wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first roommate was wild. My second one, um, he was a good guy. I'm not going to say his yeah. name, but yeah. he was a good guy. And then um, um, I ended up aging out. Yeah. And then as we talked about, I got yeah. to Texas and that's where everything kind of went crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, doing that journey in Texas and school, um, you know, what was that journey was like? And also, um, did you develop other relationships? Did you uh, build relationships as far as marriage, uh, relationships, children, and that, and that nature? You know what I mean? Um, thanks for asking that. Um, when I was in Texas, um, through my undergraduate years, there was a struggle. Um, I went through a few different colleges and then I finally landed in, uh, Tamiu and Laredo. Uh, you know, like, and I, you know, I talked about soccer down there and I played some elites, select elite down there as well. And then, um, I got my teaching, my, my psych degree and I minored in Spanish. And then, um, I got my teaching certification. And then I was in Laredo for about two years. And then I moved to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. When I moved to San Antonio, I was teaching for a couple of years. I was, I got married yeah. and that marriage failed after four years. And I have no problem talking about it. We're yeah. actually friends. Yeah. The reason why the marriage failed was because I was still dealing with my reactive attachment disorder, but I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah. Um, I was very aloof. Didn't yeah. want to talk about things. Didn't want to verbalize my feelings. I mean, she had her issues and we probably weren't a good match for each other. I mean, she's a great person. Mm-hmm. She, you know, everybody's got their issues, but we right. we just weren't a good match. Mm-hmm. But I was still teaching. I was assistant coaching and helping out on that end. Mm-hmm. But I was still dealing with my struggles. Right. And then um, I continued to teach for about seven more years. And then I ended up working for Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. And working for CPS in Texas opened up a lot of um issues for me because i was seeing my own issues and other kids yeah so that was very difficult for me yeah did it for four years 
um, made it to supervisor. Um, it just got to be a little bit difficult for me, but then I got married again and that marriage failed. We weren't a good fit. I'm not going to speak about her. I'll speak about me. I know for me what uh, some of the issues were too much. And so the marriage ended. And so, but during that marriage, we did have a child that passed away. Um, her name is Vivian. And if you notice, the name of the company is Vivian FC Fitness. Yes. named after her okay. uh, and there's a lot of mothers and fathers out there that have lost children yeah. um, it is um, I say this it is the hardest thing you could possibly go through yeah. I mean losing a spouse is is, is, yeah. is, is, is just as hard yeah. losing yeah. A, a mother, losing a father, losing a brother yeah. losing a friend anybody that's lost, anybody that's meant something to them is very difficult yeah. but I felt that honoring her and honoring her life yes the name of this company and, and the work that i'm doing is yeah. the most appropriate way to honor her yeah, no so doubt. we had a child we lost her yeah. and i'm still teaching and coaching and okay. i've been assistant coaching and then um i ended up getting a head coach position i'm right now i'm in seguin seguin okay. uh, texas so yeah. i'll be head soccer coach at the middle school there and the plan is for me to get my own program and i'm actually in the midst of starting my own academy as well a soccer yeah. academy Yes, exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go into a break, into commercial break. We'll come back in the second half. Okay. Talk a little bit more uh, uh, our life, and then we're gonna get it right into some solid hip hop uh, and everything and all of that. Right, even Rush Network, man. This, this, this is a pleasure. You telling your story, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and and really reaching out to, you know, with your story because your story need to be told. Um, you know what I mean, and, 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 and you know, and we're gonna talk more about this in the second half. And I'm, I'm so excited, so happy to see you, um, so happy to talk with you. You know what I mean? I, I always pray for you, think about you all the time. I talk to my wife about you all the time, and I'm always, you know, and, and, and you know, the hip hop, you know, that's me, that's just an outlet for me. We'll get into that a little more on the second half. Um, so we're gonna get right into it. Let me get, let me go ahead and uh, you know take off this uh, uh the, the background music and get right into uh the commercial break and uh we'll be back in about one minute no All doubt right. no doubt hey what's up you guys it's your girl chrissy here to let you know that the even rush network now has an app yes an app you guys so you can stay connected on the go and watch all your favorite podcast shows you can download the app at google play store or apple itunes so spread the word tell a friend to tell a friend also if you're looking to start a podcast and really don't know how well hit us up at the even rush network at gmail.com and inquire about time stops pricings and everything you may need to get started we got you join the winning team the even rush network and also download that app what are you waiting for <laughs> get to it What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Beth Green. Listen, we are live right now on 716live.com radio. Make sure you are hitting us up for the morning show every Monday through Friday. That is right, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right on 716live.com. Make sure you hit that radio button once you get there and give us a call, okay? Love ya.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If, a, if I'm an artist watching our show, how does one person figure out who their fan base is and then market to them effectively? I think in, in order to market, you have to understand, number one, you must know the definition of the word. Two, you must know how to use that word in a sentence. And three, <laughs> well, <I love> you. <laughs> I'm going to market could mean that I'm going to the grocery store. <laughs> what what does the term market mean what is the stock market what does market mean does market not mean to make money so in order for me to make money i have to be specific hence what does the definition of marketing can you use it in a sentence if you can use it in a sentence and you understand the meaning of it then you understand the context of it so in order for you to market that would have to be specific you cannot be specific if you don't have access to your information. Mm. Episode one, cheat code one. I don't care who you are, what you are, what team you have. If you cannot open the hood and look underneath and know what you are looking at, you don't know if your car can win the race. You hope it will win the race. You believe that if you get enough stickers on the outside of the car, it'll win the race. Mm. You believe that if you have the same gas as Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Bobby and the rest of these guys, that you will win the race. That's what you believe. Do you understand mm. what marketing is? And that's what separates 99.9% .9 of the people from the ones that aren't. If anybody can, can do marketing, there wouldn't be need for marketing agencies. There are people that are masters at marketing you have people like ogilvy who was considered to be the the godfather of marketing the guy who took the volkswagen bug and made it a symbol of american freedom i want you to think about that mm. this is a man who who you know given the world some of the greatest marketing concepts one of them is the only product that sells is the one that's advertised how do you advertise if you don't know who you're advertising to so to, to not to correct you but to put that comment on the right path promotions is hey i'm over here and marketing is, hey, you in the black hat, I know what you like. I got what you want. And in order for me to be able to do that, I have to have the information. So that's why I say it takes about six records to get your mapping right. 
That's why, that's why she says it takes about 18 months of consistent releases. Figure out a way that you can hang where you can hang your hat, but you're going to have to hang your hat. Whether it's a song a week, a song every two weeks, a song every three weeks. You know that it takes at least four staff of at least five people. That's at least 20 people all working independently to help one person achieve one goal. Mm -hmm. All of that requires information. None of those people wake up in the morning, come to the office and do what they think has to get done. Yeah, this your boy, The Joke with Overlook MC, back on his second half of the show with my boy, Coach G. You know what Hello. I mean? The building band, the, the, the motivational speaker, uh, the coach, the hip-hop historian. We're going to get into uh, a little bit of hip-hop. We're going to get into a little bit of my story in music, so you have to have an idea. Because I never talked about this on any of my podcasts. I don't remember talking about none of this. Um, I don't think you even know of this uh, either that i was uh, a little bit and I, and not, but not the yeah. not all, not all the yeah. details yeah i was uh moved to south carolina and um you know went there for uh traveling a little bit i was i was pretty much running away from my problems um uh, but you know i have a lot of good connections down south being there even though i was going through my issues but one thing i did do is get involved into the music industry that was where I learned more hands-on music industry when I moved down south. That was doing the transition when the south got get hot. I was there doing the transition when the south got hot. Yes, thousand ninety-nine to two thousand. I was there doing the transition. I was there doing the motions. And I met a lot of people every day from Atlanta, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina. So we say that all that. I did get a record deal. I was signed to Sony. And I was signed for Sony for like eight months. And then the company that we were signed to was Sony was the parent company. And then the regular company was Made Man Records. Then they lost the distribution deal from Sony and with Universal. So I learned Sony's perspective as a label. And I learned Universal perspective as a label. And me, me being a music manager, I got involved in music management, learned about the business, learned about publishing. Um, was certified to uh, be in management with uh, my company, LLC, and all that. Wow. Um, then, yeah, then from there, I was managing Flow from the Backers Club. Those who watch the Backers Club on Oxygen, I was the uh, Florina's manager on season four. Uh, I managed her and I managed Miss Mitra and a couple other artists out of the South Carolina area. Yes. I met a lot of people in the industry from Rick Ross to uh, Nicki Minaj, where they got famous, Katrina. Real good friends with a lot of people in the industry, like Crying Mob. I know them guys. Um, they real good friends of mine to this day. Um, China White. Uh, met, you know, me and Lil John chopped it up plenty time before he was Lil John, but he was an AR for So So Deaf. Um, I met a lot of people in the industry, built relationships, learned the business, have mentors to this day that's in the industry and not in the industry anymore that taught me the game on how to do the things I do now um, as a marketing manager. That's why. I my mentors is Pink Kingpin, who's also uh, that was in that video, and Wendy Day. Them is my internet mentors. Uh, I, I follow, I subscribe to anything they got going on. I've learned so much about digital marketing, music marketing, and I teach a lot of companies and I coach a lot of uh, uh, mentors, a lot of people in the game. The music industry is looking for, uh, 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 you know, how to how to uh, market themselves. And make money in your sleep. 
um, you yeah. know, saying get some of that revenue in your sleep. So that I, that, yeah. that I do that now, and I work my been working for myself for a year and a half now, uh, and haven't punched the clock in a year and a half. Been working for wow. Um, Congratulations. You know, yeah, heavy, heavy in the game. With the support of my um, amazing wife, um, you know what I mean? A heavy supporter in the game, and it's a, it's a big outlet for me and all that. So me to say all that, you know what I mean? Uh, my, my story right there, you know, that you know, this is my first time telling this story on my podcast. I've been doing podcast radio now going on 10 years, and then I never talked about that. Never talked about me getting signed and none of that. So this yeah. is it's new for everybody. <laughs> and I just you, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But you do know that I came out with some projects you always supported. Uh, you know what I mean. And um, now it's time for you to interview me. How did you feel about them projects, and what touched you more on projects that you had? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you, you, you I wanted, I want to hear more of your story. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, the, the music part of it. No, I want to hear about your 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 story story coming up. Okay. Okay, coming up in the game. Well, you know, yeah. I um I was you know in a household was my mom single mom um um she pretty much ran my dad away. Her lies saying he ran away, but me got a relationship with my dad. When I got older, I found out the truth and it makes sense to me because I've been through the same thing with my baby mom. Yeah. So is um grew up in the east side of Buffalo. Uh, you know, me and my sister. Um, you know, uh, my mom was a single mom. She was in college. She was an artist. That's where I got my artistry from. She was always into music. And, um, I got into music because that's the only time I ever seen my mom happy. I've never seen my mom happy on any other occasion in my life, ever. Even to this day, when we did try to build a relationship, our relationship was always connected with music because she loved music. She had a vinyl collection out of this world. From oh. Earthwind and Fire, James Brown. Uh, uh, BGs, she had rock, pop, soul, reggae music. So I used to always go through her vinyl stuff all the time when she was at work when I was little. And I used to always play the album. I knew she, because she, she taught me how to put the album on the record, needle, and everything. So I was very influenced yeah. in, music in my life. That was my outlet. That made me get involved in music because that's the only time I see my mom happy. So I wanted her to be proud of me as a young man. So I promised myself. As a three, five, six, seven, eighteen-year-old, I'm going to do music somehow, some way. I'm going to get involved in music. So I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get involved in music because I want to make mom. I want to see my mother proud. I'm going to see her happy. So that's what made me get into music, and I've been in music ever okay. since. Uh, shout out to everybody that's tuned in right now. Uh, the coach G, I mean, he, you know, he's, you know, saying Justin out there in Australia, mega fan, uh, 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 street team out there in Australia. He's doing this thing. He gave me a mega fan base out there. He's loving the music and everything. So shout out to Justin Newman. I'm saying White Boys Production in the house. Sitting in the building. You know what I mean? No doubt. I'm definitely going to take a trip out there too. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's on my bucket list. You know what I mean? You know, I'm definitely going to do that. Um, yeah. But definitely. Um, so um, so that's what made me get into music. So when me and you had met and, and I got into the group home, let me tell you how I got into place first. My sister left first. Um, the people came. My mother was a very abusive woman. She abused me as a child. I never knew why, but she, you know, by now I know why now. But back then I didn't know why. But I still loved her as a mother. I never, um, I never understood it. You know what I mean? But they came and got my sister, the people, the system. Um, and I, me and my sister was very close at the time. And that really broke me real bad. And um, 
you know what I'm saying? I, I know you remember when the group on my come and visit me. Yes. Uh, I just visit from her, you know, uh, you know, every three or four months, you know, because she was in the group home also. Yes. And, and she went to like one high school. And um, so when my sister left and I and, and, and I got beaten very bad that whole couple weeks that my sister left. My mom beat me so bad that when the people came to get me, they took me out, they talked with me. Um, and I told them I don't want to I didn't want to go back. I said I refused to go back. I said I'm gonna run away. I was very scared. I had a lot of fear in my heart. Um, and then when they took me to they told me I was hungry, they took me to never forget it, took me to Burger King on Bailey. You know, oh, they ain't there no more, but they took me there, got me a whopper and a meal, whatever. Yeah, ate good. And when uh, when I was eating, I was telling them, I kept on telling them, I don't want to go back and they said, We're not gonna bring you. Um, they made a couple phone calls. I remember it was a black lady and a white lady. And then there was some, some man came. I don't know if he was a lawyer or the uh, guidance counselor or something. He, I remember he was a chubby guy with glasses. He's probably the case. He's probably the the the, the caseworker that was going to remove you. Yeah, yeah. Because it was too late. I know the one lady was was the was the was the white lady. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And he was very attractive. And and then there was a uh, the, the the black lady was there, and she the one that was pretty much talking to me more. You know, I guess she she was from where I'm from. Investigator. Yeah, right. So I didn't I I spoke in fear. I didn't spoke speak on fire speaking for help. I was speaking more in fear. Yeah. And I didn't want to go back. That was my main concern. And and my mom used to punish me and my sister, not just beat us, but she said not feed us. That was a form of punishment. Like we come home from school, we I get kicked out of school, whatever, and then we would eat dinner. And the times I didn't eat for a week straight. That's, that's, slave. that's a slave yeah. mentality. Yeah, right, right. So the only time I ate when I was in school. Now the yeah. weekends was very rough for us when we was on punishment. She wouldn't feed us. So we used to always leave the house and steal. That's what caused me to you know, break the law as a young child, going to a super duper, going still over bread, bologna, Walk out. That was me. You know, my sister just stole. I walked out. I was, you know, I devo. I, you know, I, I'm going to eat. I, you know, that, yeah. that was my thing. I'm going to survive. I'm a survivor. I'm a tourist. Like you're a tourist. We both yep. tourists. We survivors. Yep. You know what I mean? So I'm going a, I'm to a do by any means necessary. Yep. Like Malcolm X said, to eat. Yep. No matter what it may be. If it caused me to go to jail, it was worth yep. that sandwich to me. Yeah. Did the same thing when I was living in the, I was living on the east side too on Birch Street. Yep. They would, uh, deny me food, and I, you know, sc- yeah, like you, I would yeah. eat at school, yeah. and then I would go to the Seven Eleven, or you know, and grab, eat, yeah. you know, grab some cereal and eat. I would get in trouble and get brought back. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And I didn't care if I was going to call. I walked out. Right. Um, to, to this day, the the, the the police officer to this day drives the metro bus in um, Buffalo, and um, and I made him talk. He haven't seen me since I was a little boy, and I talked to him. And he didn't see. I knew he looked familiar. Told him my story, and it hurted him. And he was like, "If I would have known that, I wouldn't have, you know, put that pressure on you. Right. You know, you know, you know, because he's, you know, he's very uh, a religious man. He's also a preacher. He felt bad about the situation. Uh, but I said, "No, you good, man. You know, I was back. I was in the past. I understand that you were doing your job, but I was, I was definitely doing me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very high stern. That's what tourists do. We're very high stern. We're yeah. in demand of anything that we are doing." Um, no matter what the consequences is, we're going to succeed. If it's positive or negative, we're going to succeed. 
right? You know what I'm saying? That's just our mindset as a tourist. So that was me. So, um, so when he le I left, I went to Compass House. I went to Compass House. Yep, um, Compass House. I remember Compass House. It's still yep. around too. It's still around. They, matter of fact, they own that whole block now. They have a, a Compass House campus on there with Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, they 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 they, they, not, they remember it was a bingo hall right there. They used like a little church where yeah. they bought that building and they added to it. Next door, they bought that house next door. They they took the houses behind them and they tore them down as a parking lot for the facility. Wow. Yeah, it's real nice. There, oh. Yeah, because remember, I don't know if you know this. I don't mean to interrupt, but I wanted I wanted yeah. I want to know if you know this. You know, Nash Group Home is no more. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the person that owned that house. I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get to that. Yeah. I'm gonna get to that. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh anyway, so it was like um so you know, I I I was a compass house for like maybe I think the compass house maybe a, a month. I remember it was February. I remember it was Valentine's Day. Um, I remember um it hit March, and I remember going to the St. Patrick's Day parade around the corner on Delaware. I remember walking there, and that's when it got warm. It was like seventy degrees. It was still snow on the ground, but it was seventy degrees, eighty degrees. It was real high. Still had a little breeze because of the snow. But it was real good out when I, I, I went there myself in the independent. So, and then around my birthday in May, that's when they sent me the Baker Hall. You know what I mean? It was on my birthday. We had a court date on my birthday. Wow. I remember they, they were going in the courtroom. They were saying, they were singing happy birthday to me, the court, the judge. The, you know what I mean? It was my birthday. Um, and then um, and one of the, um, once I found out it was my birthday, one of the, I don't know if it was the clerk, somebody in the court bought me a cupcake. You never forget it. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? Got me a cupcake um, and everything. And, um, you know, she gave me a hug. And then they said, you know, they told me I was going to a place called Baker Hall. Yeah. And I was saying, and then when I got there, I remember being in the sales. I was in the sales college yet, but I remember I was in that little office next to the sales, that big old round table, yeah. that little conference room. I was there and it was mad people. It was Every chair represented somebody. And I was and I was kind of scared because it looked like something I seen a movie. Right. You know, and I was like, you know what I mean? Me being a young man, I was only like maybe 12. You know what I mean? Going on 13. And I just turned 12. My birthday's past. I just turned 12. You know, to be exact, I just turned 12. And uh, I was like, what is these people? And, you know, different nationalities. And I was like, I was scared. And they had suits dressed up. And they was talking to me all nice. Um, they was talking to me so nice, I got scared because my mom was always that stern, mean lady witch all day long. So I never, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to yeah. the generous uh, people that was, you know, hi, Franklin, how you doing? I I, I wasn't used to that. So I closed, I, you know, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, that was, you know, you know how you feel when you ain't used to something, you know, it's, it's, it looks good and it smells good, but it's something to that. Right. I didn't feel the vibe. You didn't it trust it. Yeah. Because our lives have taught us not to trust people. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And them being too nice was a was a red flag for me. Yeah. Me not knowing what a red flag was. Me not being being a being a person that that was a uh had a learning disability. You know what I mean? And and all that. So that was a that was an issue. Yeah. So I didn't understand. So when I, when I finally went to Groom and met my peers, and it was all older, that time was a lot of older people there. I didn't fit in automatically. Because at that time in Baker Hall, they had more 16 and 70 year olds at the time. I was yeah. like, the young, I think I was the youngest person at that time that was there. I was the youngest person there. 
everybody yeah. else is 15, 16, 17, yeah. 18. Uh, and, um, and then when then it was like two other kids came in there and they was my age. So I adapted to those kids. You know what I mean? And they was real unfunctional kids, foster care. They had anger issues like myself. Um, they mental illness. Now me thinking about it was way on, off the off the meat rack than what I was. I had a little more sense. You know what I mean? Even though I, I was, you know, I, I had mental issues, but I knew that I had no more sense than they did. Um, they were just doing unnecessary stuff that didn't really fit fit me as a person. Yeah. But the the, the fast forward everything, I was there for a while, built a relationship, learned how to be independent. Um, like I said, had staff members in there that came from the same place I came from that helped me through that. So when they when they finally sent me to group home nash group home they finally sent me there um it was more independent living programs more freedom um more outside stuff that's what i needed um and then you know then uh, then you came i was there for i think i was there for maybe six months i think you came in that september correct was it this september no i came in june because um It was yeah. June because I it was my junior my I finished my junior year. Yeah. And I had a job at Perkins. And I was able to transfer my job from Geneseo, New York. Yeah. I lived in Geneseo, New York. I was placed in an adoptive home that failed. Yeah. In Geneseo. And I was able to transfer my job there. And so I worked that summer, that summer youth program, I worked uh at Perkins and I had my job in the morning. So yeah. I was working Eight nine weeks, making money. I, I, yeah, I do you do your thing, but now let me ask you this question: Did you, even though you was in uh, the foster care, did you come to Baker Hall for the after school program? No. Okay. Okay. No. Now, I know I just seen you around when I was in the sales, but you yeah, wasn't. You saw me. I think you saw me because I was in Baker Hall twice, and okay. um, so going backwards, I know I told my story, but I, I got to tell a little bit part of yeah, it yeah yeah because I, I, I was in um because i had gotten just, just to go backwards i had gotten uh placed i was in lancaster new york for a foster home yeah. then i got adopted uh to a family in geneseo new york from my seventh grade year to my eighth grade year that failed so then i came to the group home for the first time you may have seen me the, the initial time the first time i was there from my eighth grade year to my tenth grade year. Were you at South Park? Um, no, I was in Nash. And this was from 1988 to 1990 that I was there. Okay, and then I got sent to a foster home, which failed because I was having problems. I just, it, I just didn't want to be a part of the family. It right. wasn't for me. Right. And so then I ran away, and then I ended up going back to Geneseo from 1990. Uh, 1990 to 1992 when the chronic came out remember that the chronic came out the dream team was playing so then i come back in june of 92 uh to the group home because i I went to geneseo the second time so i was in i was in lancaster wow yeah i knew i was lancaster yeah yeah, lancaster uh geneseo buffalo geneseo buffalo so yeah, I know. I know. I seen you around, but I remember I was in the cell. I to see you around. Yeah, um, yeah. When, we, when we played sports against you guys. Yeah, Darnell. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right. And I mean, that's when the and I remember my first time seeing you. 
you was going you was going to was like a, it was like a uh, recreational program at the gym but then i really seen you when we played against you guys in soccer you was nice like you know what i'm saying you nobody couldn't check you like we yeah i, I think i i think I, I think i got kicked out the game that that, that game <laughs> I, 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 you know what I'm saying? because i was very you know what i mean because every time i used to keep the ball you i you know what i'm saying i couldn't get in you used to block everything yeah then they put you at forward and then you were scoring everything i think you had right. like I, I, i'm trying to remember the score i think the score was like 17 and 5. Right yeah yeah you know what i'm saying and you was awesome so i've I, I, I seen that after I got kicked out of the game, we played you guys twice. Second time I played the whole thing, and um, you you came in late because you I think you had some, uh, 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 after school program or something. You came in yeah. late, and we we had the lead, and then y'all came back and beat us again, like by two points. That was the closest game. It was better than that first game. I remember like with yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you know, I lost a lot of my memory because of COVID, but I can remember those things. So thank God on that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, man. Um, yeah. So you know, I know I seen you around. And then when you came back to the group, I was there for like a year. Um, when I was when you came back, and that's when it was, and that's when we reacquainted. He's like, you know, I remember you. You know what I mean? And then we, you know, then at the same, you came in in June. My birthday just my birthday passed in May, and then that's when they gave, gave you a gift because your birthday had passed, and they was like, your birthday was before mine, and that's when we found out we had our birthday was you know next week. So I think mine's the thirteenth, yours the twelfth. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. We're separated yeah. by one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's now that's when we really got got involved. And then, um, and uh, and when you was bringing your stuff into up in your room, I was um, I think I was pumping um, what I was pumping on my rap, pumping some hip hop. I the EPMD, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm a big EPMD fan. That's um, you yeah. know, there's you know, you know, there's their song. You got to chill. Yeah. You know that song, right? Yeah. But they have a song in their another album in '92 called yeah. Chill. Yeah, they took right. the hook from "You Got to Chill" yeah, and yeah. made another song out of it. Yes, right. The song Ed "Chill," yeah, that song "Chill" to this day, I swear to God, in my life, it's in my my workout uh, playlist. Yeah. I play it every time I work out. Yeah. I play it in my car all the time. I yeah. hear that song, the two minute and fifty eight second song. Yeah, I listen to it every. Yep. That, that's how you, that's day. You in my room. You was like, you got the EPME album. I said, yeah, and I had all of them. I had, I had all. They had um. Had, that's when they came up we had three different businesses albums yeah strictly I, business I, out of business yeah and <laughs> I, had the the new, I had the new album cd i mean i wasn't even cd it was cassette and i had got the cassette and you was like um you got the new album and then you was like let me hear the headbang that that, that, that was the yep. video that came out. Yep. yeah you know what i mean and then um uh, that's when i got into red man at the time that's when yeah red man on that track and yeah. um and then i was a red man fan for that but um but yeah that's how we met and then we've been tight ever since and then you introduced me to Malcolm X. The Malcolm X book, um, and ever since then, I always, um, I always had a book, I had a hard copy of that book, and then we both, I'm not mistaken, I think we both went to the movie to see that Spike yes. Lee's one. Yeah, we went to see Malcolm. Yeah, Audubon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a good experience. So, you know, so all that time, you know, my story, group home, and then when I left the group home, I got arrested. Um, nobody knew I got arrested. I don't think they told you guys until like weeks later. Yeah, yeah. I found out like a long time afterwards. Like I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'm like, "My man, no, yeah. he's not even." One of the staff members. I'm not afraid to tell the story at all. One of the staff was brand new, and he went down to the basketball court at Avery Park where I was homeless at. And I'm gonna get to that story. And he told me to come back, and I said, "I'll be on my way right now." And he was like, "Right now." I said, "You know, what I'm saying I said, is it all right?" I asked him, "Is it all right?" 
for me to finish the basketball game because we had game point. He said, fine. He went to the group home and lied and said that I refused. And I they, they put me, you know, they had levels. They put me on house. Yeah, I and remember those I, levels. Yeah, and I flipped out because you didn't tell me that. You lied. You know what I mean? And I don't know what I don't know what was situation. I could tell he was kind of racist. I'm sorry. That vibe, you know what I mean? And that I flipped out on him. And um, I bet I beat him up back. You know what I mean? I really did. I, I you know what I'm saying I, I feel bad about it. I shouldn't have did that. Um, you know, but I, I really beat him up real bad, man. He, he had to go to the hospital and everything, and then I ran away. Um, I ran away. It was going on. Hey, I came back that night. I was at my friend Eddie's house, a good friend of mine. Was doing amazing right now. Um, went to Eddie's house, stayed with them for a while. They 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 even wanted me to spend the night, the mom and everything. I said no, I'm gonna go back. Um, you know, and face the music. Um, I didn't think I was gonna get arrested, get kicked out. I thought I was gonna be on house, you know, punishment, and leave it at that, and, and go through the motions like I'm so used to doing. And then I got, I got there. I went into my room. Um, I, I played some music, and then. Well, you know what? The police officers came to my room and said, you, is you Frank in the store? I said, yeah. Um, they talked with me and said, well, we're going to have to put cuffs on you. Can you stand up? I stand up. Put the cuffs on me. Um, they sat down in the kitchen. We was talking, whatever. The one police officer. No, they didn't put me in cuffs yet because the one woman police officer had the mace. And she was ready to use it on any cause. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it like, why? 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 Like, I'm not doing nothing. I'm, I'm sitting here, leaning here. She was ready to do whatever she was going to do. The one other cop had a club. You know, it comes out, came out, and they was really going to Rodney King. That's first thing in my mind. I remember about the Rodney King beating, and that stuck in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. That stuck in my head of police brutality. They were saying, um, I think the uh, Rodney King was a little bit after before that, but still, we. Used to yeah. see videos and we used to always talk about yeah, it. It was before that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but I, that stuck in my head. And so I, I you know, I you know, I followed, you know, put the cuffs on me, put me in the car, went to court. Um, you know what I mean? The whole Baker Hall system threw me under the bus. You know what I mean? And when they threw me under the bus, um, you know, one of the counselors which you knew you good friends with, of uh, the group home, she was there in the courtroom, threw me under the no remorse whatsoever. Didn't care. My mom, my mom came. They got to get home. My mom and my mom took me in, and um, and I was scared then because they, you know I didn't you know you know I don't know if my mom was a changed woman then, but she let me be freely. She let me do what I need to do. One thing she wanted me to do was get a job and, and finish my education. So that's why I decided to sign up for Job Corps, and I was already signed up. I was only on the waiting list. You know what I mean? And so that was in 93 that was summer of 93 that was um july of 93 um and you know what i'm saying and um and then i stayed with my mom from 93 and right after new year's that was my due date you could get on the bus go to job corps went to job Corps. that was a good experience met some good people from new city because the hip-hop i met a lot of good people in brooklyn i took good friends with a lot of people i, I was in the culture heavy I, I was really happy to visit new york city that was the best experience of my life uh being in the culture knowing, learning things met some people um but yeah that was my that was that was that was a real tough for me and mentally very yeah. tough for me 
You know what I mean? So say so doing all that at the job for I moved back with my mom's, moved out of her house. She helped me, whatever, whatever she can. Moved out of her house, got into a relationship, moved in there, and then from there on, it, things went downhill. Um, but that's when I was mostly on the street homeless and the streets of Buffalo. Yeah. And I, you know, my son was born when I was in high school. Um, uh, um, my son was born that same year I left, that November. Uh, he was born. Uh, Joshua, he's uh you know 30 30 30 34 now leaving those he work for the buffalo bills you know what i mean guys don't play through this thing we don't have a relationship with his mom um so you know you know but he's definitely i know he's safe talking to his brother have another son see brothers and then uh, my son was also in bigger hall he followed the same footsteps through his parents his his mom which my baby mama went through the same thing he's in incarcerated to this day uh you know, going through the system and it's different now. And I tell him, I tell my son the time it's different. Very different. Not the, they're not the same. That's why you're that's why you're going through what you're going through now because it's different. And then the system don't like me being in this case because I know the system. I've been there. And I speak my mind. I'm very, very outspoken. Right. Yeah, in all areas. Um and they know yeah. that I'm feeling and they Yeah, don't you like have me. to know you're right. CPS, yeah. yeah. Yeah, CPS or social services, it's not built for it's, it's built to destroy families. Um, I know that they promote family, but they do it in a way that's offhanded and kind of deceptive. You know, they don't give the, the support that you really need to keep the family together. They don't address the issues. They just, they just say, live together. No, we need to address the issues and learn how to interact, build relationships yeah. to be able to keep that family together. Because the yeah. family yeah. is the center, especially that's for right. us as black people. They destroyed mm-hmm. our families. Yeah, and that's why the family never was centering me up. I forced it because that was instilled in me uh, with my family. It was instilled in me with my grandmother. It was instilled in me from being in, in meeting people like yourself. And I tried my best for years, um, all the way until maybe 2014. I was done with family. My family to this day is people like you, people out in my podcast members, all my so people that I'm doing, my wife, you know, all my friends, my neighbors, people we meet. That's my family. You know what I mean? I can't go to my family for nothing. Right. They not they don't support what I do. They don't care what I do. Um, I feel they don't care if I'm a live or die. You know, and I'm cool with that. I've learned to deal with that mentally. I'm, I take therapy now. To this day, yeah, you know what I mean, I have that do therapy. I have therapy tomorrow, matter of fact, tomorrow morning. Yeah, and it keeps me where I'm at now. It keeps me, yeah. together, yeah. you know what I mean. It keeps me moving forward of what I do. You know yeah. what I mean. To, to yeah. say all that, you know what I mean. Let's get into what we always love: it's hip hop. How do you feel about the hip hop culture today? I'm gonna take a deep breath. Okay. All right. I feel a, a lot of these hip hop cats that wanna uh, get involved in hip hop, a lot of them aren't doing it for the right reasons. You are doing it for the right reasons because it's for the art form. I hear these cats, NBA young boy. I hear this cat and I feel as talented as they are, I don't feel like they're, they're, they're doing it just to make their money. I feel like they're not trying to advance the art form. Right. And I'm all about advancing the art form. Now, I know my limitations. 
and as far as my rapping, all of that. So I know that, you know, I can't do what you can do because you're incredibly talented. Yeah. But I know the spoken word part with the beats is probably the way I'm going. And, right. the, and what I've done in, in, in some small projects that I've done. Yeah. But a lot of these cats aren't in it for the art form or finding their niche to promote that art form. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it just to, to make their money. They're talking about yeah. stacking money. They're talking about yeah, stacking be a part of the machines. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, you know? And so it's very frustrating to to listen to to these guys on TV or on the radio. And I'm like, this is trash. They don't want Eminem to come back. They don't want that white boy to come back because they'll give it to him. You know? He's been, you know, everything, every song, this last album, he was speaking his mind and shout out to Eminem because he put the Buffalo on the map. See, I got my West Side Gun hat on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh West Side Gun Conway and uh Benny the Butcher from Buffalo. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, they they he, he put Buffalo on the map. Um signing the boys. We definitely is on the map now. Uh, so much good talent. Um Yeah, I'm, you're down with Benny the Butcher. And yeah, I was talking with a co-worker about cause he's in New Mexico. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, not New Mexico, Colorado. He's from yeah. New Mexico, but he's in Colorado now. Yeah. He was saying he was like, Yeah, Benny the Butcher's nice. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Right. I'm like, my homeboy knows him. My homeboy, the Joker, knows him. Yeah. And he's like, what? I'm like, yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know him. I don't know him like yeah. that, but yeah. you know him. <laughs> yeah, I know him, Conway, and Westside. You know, I know all the boys. I know my cousin is part of BSF. Um, really? High. That's my blood cousin. Um, and I also, wow. a lot of the uh, other guys that's in the clique of BSF, I have two of my other cousins. One is incarcerated. A uh, 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 duffel bag boy, that's my cousin, and you know what I mean. And um, but uh, because the mother one is not really my cousin, but his mom is married to my father, so I'm I'm in, in, in different perspectives. But um, they opened the door for me to get heard. Um, when I came out with the haters album, I never put that on the platform. I I did that all straight with how we used to do it in hip hop days in the nineties. Yeah, I sold over ten, I sold over ten thousand copies of that album. You know what I'm saying? You have one of them. Yeah, you have, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's a classic joint. Um, I've got a couple of them songs that I'm releasing on the platforms. Uh, but I have a story to tell. The, between the No Fear mixtape and the Haters album was my story journey. Um, you know, you can hear it in my lyrics. I always have a story to tell. I have unreleased tracks. I haven't released yet that I promoted, but I still didn't push forward with it because of the paperwork part of it. Um, I have a song called Baker Hall that I want to release. Um, I got a song also called, a song called uh, uh, Nashville. Uh, also, on my next project. Uh, my next project going to be called uh, Just a Kid from Buffalo. And, uh, that's the name of my next album uh, that I'm working on. And I and I have uh, different things in there that represents my story. I have a song called Potato Gardens. I have a song called Baker Hall. I have a song called Nash Group Home. I'm having a song, my other song that was also part of the album, but came out as a single called Friendship Power. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, so that's on all the platforms, getting crazy streams right now. Show to all my fans and support. So I'm telling my story. And I'm and my, my goal, my 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 goal in my bucket list. My bucket list is do a write a book about my life. Yep. And my other my bucket list is do a movie in my life. Yes. 
You know what I mean? I want, I want yeah. to do a movie. I want to do a and series. I'm right there, yeah, I'm right there with you because I'm trying. I'm in the process of. Uh, I've been in the process of writing a book for ten years. Yeah. It takes a long time to do it. Yeah. And you know, self-publishing. Yeah. And yeah. getting our story told. Now, I wanted to mention. I wanted to jump on that point because, you know that you know there was that movie Antoine Fisher. Yeah. And it tells a certain perspective. Yeah. But I also feel that our story needs to be individually told because somebody said well they've already seen Antoine Fisher I'm like no I'm not Antoine Fisher his no. story is his story right my story right. is my story right. your story is your story and and everybody can benefit from all of our stories right because I say this about the men and I do this by, with my mentorship when we share our stories and we put them out there we might reach one person who is feeling like they are disconnected from everybody and they feel like yeah. they there's nobody out there that relates to them your story the joker's story someone else has that story out there but they are in a different position than you you're in a position yeah. of power where you have so many fans that hear your streams and platforms that one kid he or she might be like wow i can yeah. be like that person right. oh my god and so that's why you're an inspiration and that's why right. i i, I want to hear I, i'm looking forward to everything you do because oh yeah putting nash yeah. group home out there we oh, know yeah. about nash group home we yeah. know about the level system of how uh ground house limited yeah. one, i think it's four limiteds or something like that that's right yeah and all you know yes right Remember, that's right we understand all that yeah 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 we understand and, 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 all that and, and, and I was, i'm also in the wapian brother too i took up a the course in South Carolina, knowing about my heritage, that's why I'm in the Wapian brother, uh, by spiritual. Um, I, I left the, left the Christianity game because that was so washed up and, and so deflated. And also, shout out to um, on my Jehovah Witness, like yourself. Um, I have a good friend that's a Jehovah Witness, and I've been following those tracks too. And they 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 they, they follow they follow suit of the Wapian. So, and I, and I love that about uh, you know, and I wish I would have follow that with you uh, uh then i think i would be have a better uh, uh, uh mindset uh for my mental and you know what i mean so i salute you being a a, 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 a jehovah witness i don't know if you still this or not uh but it, it, it still fits the nawapian nation of what we teach and um so me to say all that is that i have a better uh understanding overstanding understanding on everything that i'm what i'm going through musically spiritually physically um you know what i mean and then like to this day um um i'm also like your coach i'm also certified coach basketball so you know but that's my first love besides music you know what i mean and you know and we not now you know what you know what we took that basketball very serious you know what i mean and my son to this day talks to everybody in the in buffalo and he always said that he could beat me in basketball but everybody said in your father's prime you never beat him yeah, your game was nice. Yeah, your game was no, nice. Your game was yeah. nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I played. I played a little bit, but soccer was my my real passion. Yeah. But yeah. your game is nice, and you yeah. know, I tell people, no matter what your sport is, and actually, I want to throw this out there. I actually took up lacrosse two years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Brown played it. A okay. lot of people don't know that Jim Brown yeah. was an All American lacrosse player. Yeah. Rest and in peace, so, Jim Brown. Yeah. And so I took up lacrosse because I wanted to learn something different to stimulate my mind. Yeah. I, I'm a left-handed shooter. I learned how to handle 
the uh, you know the stick and catch yeah. and, the, and remember the Buffalo Bandits just won the championship. That's one championship. Yeah, just they just they what they six one. Yeah. Yeah, they just won a championship. That's right. That's right. So yeah. lacrosse is a real lacrosse is the real deal. Yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because the one thing that made my game stronger is use a power left-hander. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I always told my coaches. I always had uh, Al Young, who's uh, one of our coaches. They, they also was our counselor, Al Young. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what does the name sound familiar? He went to Buff State, played basketball with us. Buff State from originally from Brooklyn, New York. He okay, Mary Monica, you know McCutcheon. Um, they divorced now, but his son, um, his son's my friend on Facebook now, and he um, he played ball, but he's a, he's more of a football player more than anything. Um, he, he's 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 definitely doing. He goes to Harvard University, um, you know what I mean. Good college, going in for a lawyer, doing his thing, um, you know what I mean. And a lot of um, you know, and that took that basketball was passion for me, and uh, and I felt that if, if my education was right and I had a good support. I believe I could have went pro. I, I, that was my that was my that was my thing to go to go pro. You know what I'm saying and, and, and get that support. But I never did. But you know I took I played street ball. Um, got a lot of respect in Buffalo on street ball and played with the best. You know what I mean played with Kristen Leitner. I played with Trevor Ruffin. I played with you know when I, I went to go visit uh, Syracuse. I played with um for the first time you know when we went to go visit. I don't know if you went with us to go visit. Um, I think um. I don't even think Mount Carolina. I went with a whole nother crew. I was on a different program, and we went and I played basketball with Derek Coleman for the first time. Oh Man, yes, Derek Coleman, remember that? You remember I had came out with the autographs? Yeah, I, I, I played twenty one with them boys. Played plus twenty one with them, and then that same year, Derek Coleman got drafted. And then I got his rookie card, and I always wanted to go back and uh, get get signed because you know you 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 was, you was, a, you was a, a baseball football card collector. I was too. You was, but you got you got into. Of comic books and i was really involved yes. in that yeah and yeah. i still am notice yeah. the shirt <laughs> yeah 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 you always was you always loved it one woman the woman uh i remember that and um they you know and i and i, and I know you hurt your heart that all different types of wonder woman movies that they didn't messed up <laughs> and so i know i know you i know you felt kind of some kind of way on that one because you know i know you was yeah the first one, one was good the second one uh the justice league uh snyder cut was amazing yeah um the flash I have mixed feelings about the Flash. Yeah, good movie, but I have mixed feelings. Yeah, um, and they're talking. They were talking about canceling the third Wonder Woman, but then there's talk that they're they're trying to get this. They want to have Gal Gadot come back for one more. Yeah, possibly. Well, they, they came up with a, with a Wonder Woman movie never came out. Right, because uh, with one with Angie Jolie jo playing as Wonder Woman. You know what I'm saying? You you, you heard about that one? Oh, you froze up on me. Froze up on me. Right, right. So what? Yeah, people, yeah. Back in the day, back in the day, as black people, we would sit around the fire, you know, in, in our in, in, in our tribal days, and we would tell stories, and we would tell stories as metaphors. Comic books yeah. are another way of telling stories. And I tell my okay. students, you know, whatever form that you can tell your story in, it, it means something. If you can tell your story with music. And rhyme like you do, or you can tell your story in comic book form or an art form like you do as right, drawing. Right. Those are ways to capture the hearts of people right. to help build relationships. That's right. That's right. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, and that's what I do, and that's what you do, and with with your coaching, with soccer, uh, with the hip hop historian that you are. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you know, before you know, before we get off, before we get off, you know what I mean? We almost we almost done. 
uh now i'm gonna get involved into your 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 inner hip-hop self that we haven't talked in a while what is your your top five mcs of all time i'm loving this okay my top five okay so um we were now my rushmore is four but we're gonna go with five i'm gonna go i'm gonna start with number five i'm gonna say big daddy kane okay okay Okay. big daddy kane at number five okay okay and then number four i would say nas you know i love nas right yeah yeah number three I would say Rakim, okay? Rakim. Number two, I might surprise you on this one. Cool G Rap. Oh, yeah, yeah, you cool surprised, rap? Me surprised me at all. You know yeah. Cool G Rap? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cool, yeah. G-, yeah, cool G Rap. And then yeah. number one, I know you're going to know who I'm going to say on this one. KRS-One. Yeah, you was KRS-One. So, and the I put KRS-One. Yeah, I put Karras one at the top because he's a historian and I'm talking about history and he about black consciousness and he tells a story. So yeah, yeah. Those are my five. Yeah, um, yeah my, my top five always been number one always been on my list is Rock um, you know, y'all I played Sweat the Technique, that album, and check out my melody. Uh the 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 the, the, the number one four bar man of all time. Yeah. And nobody don't touch this four bar. I take seven MCs, put them in the line, and have seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. But it's going to take seven more. But I go for mine. Now that's 21 MCs ate up at the same yep. time. I haven't found that one rapper in history, even even right. Eminem, that from his favorite Eminem, say he and all his punchlines, he would never, nobody would never beat them at four bar uh, 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 metaphor ever in the history of hip hop. And even Karis one, he was like, yeah. he has a lot of them. But he was like, that right there would make you go back to your <laughs> inner self and throw away all the rhyme books you've written for all those years and start all over. <laughs> yeah. But shout out to Rock. Rock yeah. been my number one man. Um, yeah. I, I seen him in concert three times. Never got you to meet him. I came close to meeting him when he came to Buffalo. Then you know, went to show three times. Um, you know, and uh, also, you know, of course, my number two has always been Biggie because his story was similar to my story. Yeah. You know, Ready to Die story was a life was almost similar to mine. And I love the movie Notorious, you know, the way he did things, uh, you know what I mean? So he's definitely uh, number two. Uh, number three is going to be Nas. And the number four going to surprise you is Jada Kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got Jay- I got some Jada Kiss on my on my never, on my iPod, and I, I can under, I can see why. Never, he, yeah, he never he never wrote a weak rhyme. He never wrote a never. Ever. That's true. Every track ever came on with, uh, yeah. definitely phenomenal classic. And um, and number five always changes up from L Cool J, Buster Rhymes, Cool G Rap, Big Daddy. Yeah. Number five changes up depends how I feel. And how I'm right. feeling today, how I'm feeling today, I, I, I'll give it to Eminem. Yeah, I was actually gonna say that because I put I know I put Big Daddy Kane as number five on mine, yeah. but M sometimes I'll put M at where Coogee Rap spot was. Yeah, because I like Coogee Rap from back in the day. Yeah, but Eminem, yeah. Eminem, yeah, yeah, yeah. The white boy yeah. brings it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and he tells the truth. He has a story. 
a yeah. eight mile movie with represent part of the story. He was come yeah. out with a series. Fifty Cent was come out with an eight mile series of under his new company, um, and I can't wait for that to come out of Eminem's story in the series. Okay, um, that's going to be awesome. I'm gonna buy you. I'm gonna buy you. Buy you pick fanatic. So um, there's a lot of good bio picks. I know you're gonna love that's in production right now. Like the Tricall Quest biopic is in you know, is in production right now. Yes. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. He's behind that. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, he's a regular producer. Um, shout out to the Beastie Boys biopic. They have a Beastie Boys documentary is coming out, I believe, tomorrow on Hulu. Um, you know, say it premieres tomorrow on Hulu. So I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah. Uh, but they got a biopic movie that's in production. I think they just got done. It's in it's in the editing right now. Um, the MC Light biopic played by Little Mama. Yeah, that's I actually cool. met MC Light one time. I used to be part of this program. Um, I can't remember the name of it anymore, but it was on Main Street. Yeah. And we used to do community service. Mm-hmm. And MC Light came and rapped at Bennett High School. Word, word. Yeah. And I got to meet her. I got to shake her hand and everything. Yeah, she's definitely doing her thing. Um, shout out to MC Light. And shout out to uh, also Jaru getting a lifetime achievement in the, at, at the BT Awards on the 25th. He's getting a lifetime achievement. Shout out to Jaru bringing that club music in the 2000s. Uh, you know, I'm saying bringing that R&B club music, and I'm still in the culture to this day. Um, you know, before I go, your top five producers, hip hop producers of all time. That's gonna be, I would say, because um, Jay Z does produce, right? Uh, he's a writer. He's an executive. Now he don't really make beats, but he's a writer, ghost writer. Because. Like, cause I, cause my, my, my list of producers, it changes based off of like, kind of like you, kind of like how I feel. Let me hear yours first and then I'll give you mine. Okay. 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 Um, number one on my list is, uh, I've always loved his break beats and his cuts. Um, the, uh, the half of Gangstar, Primo. Oh. Yeah, Primo, he's definitely, he kept me in the loop of rhymes of because of his production stuff he produced every rapper that rapped one of his beats always you know, yeah he bring that stuff out of you i gotta put primo number one number two people this get this this producer get overlooked um already overlooked it's high tech okay you know what i mean high tech uh number three i give it to kanye west you know what i mean uh, he brought a whole different perspective in the game yeah um uh, uh, Number four on my list as a producer, hip hop producer, I gotta say Molly Maul. Okay. Yeah, Molly Maul. He did the Symphony. Yes. You know, he, he did a couple of Nas on Nas uh, Illmatic album. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? He did a couple of joints on Biggie album. He just, he's a phenomenal producer. Uh, Roxanne Shante, Juice Crew, Big Daddy Kane. You know, he, he the one behind the music of all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Molly Maul. You know what I mean? But number five on my list, like I said, it changes up. It changes up uh, in different ways. But uh, number five, I gotta go with Timberland. Okay, okay, I can get with that list. All right, yeah. let me go with my list because I'm I, now now that I'm thinking, I would say DJ Premier. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Guru Gangstar fan. Yeah. Uh, Speak your clout is on yeah. my playlist too with Chill, the yeah. Chronic, and Lyrical Game Bang. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that tells you. Yeah. Okay, Marley Mar number four. Yeah, Kanye number three. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, number yes. two. Yeah, 
Yeah. Number two. Yeah. And number one, Rick Rubin. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, people, see, that's another one. Rick opened the door on, on the, the rock and roll samples. Yes. Uh, when so I when, lived in the really, suburbs. So I used to yeah. listen to Metallica, Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah. Because uh, when I lived, I lived in Lancaster yeah. and Geneseo. Yeah. I love rock. You yeah. know, because some of the, when I went to Hutch Tech, they would make fun of me. Because yeah. I was like, rock and rap, they're married. Oh, man. Yeah, that, I've been. Yeah. You know, I had the Bon Jovi album on my own. Yes. Oh, my I went to the Bon Jovi concert three, I, 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 five I, I, years I had ago. had Poison album. Yes. I had Guns N' Roses, one of my favorites. Make yeah. No More is my joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Grand Red Hot Chili Peppers is my, my top of my list. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, you know what I'm saying? They got, they got another album to come out uh, this year. Um, you know what I mean? Because I know the lead singer is is, is is battling cancer right now. So they got yeah. one more last album that they bring coming out. So you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I understand I'm still going to pray for him to recover and beat that, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, F cancer. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But he, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Great Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, man, yeah. You know, I, I played all types of music in my in, in, in my room. I was in, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they used to make yeah. fun of me, and I'm like, y'all, I'm like, y'all need to get your life together because <laughs> yeah. I, I would listen to Metallica. Bon yeah. Jovi was one of my favorites. Yeah, Duran Duran, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely powerful, powerful. And thinking of uh, thinking of Poison, um, Skid Row. September, September is. Brad Michaels value pick is going to be on oh, Netflix. Wow! Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that to drop. Uh, 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 man, I can't wait for that. That I means like so many things. Stay with the heavens. Uh, uh, movie Stay with the heaven coming out Thanksgiving, which is that's 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 Led Zeppelin, right? Stay with heaven, right? Yep. They buy you pick coming out uh, on Thanksgiving in movie theaters. Uh, Stay with the heaven. Um, you know, man, I seen the, I just seen the, I just I think I just seen the. Uh, was it that was it Brad Michael? Somebody's uh I seen the uh somebody posted up on Facebook the trailer and it's crazy. Some boys had been through hell. Uh that trailer is very action. So I'm a biopic fan because I with a different story because I'm I like biopic stuff because I'm gonna do my biopic type of film that I want to put together in my book and I and I and I, I want to get in detail. I'm not gonna leave nothing out, um, you know what I mean, of, of, of everything in my life. So you know what I mean? So yeah, you know, you know, good to have you, Coach G, man. You we go we go way back. You you always been my brother, man, and uh, you know what I mean. You kept me uh, focused. Uh, you always uh, you the only one that always gave me my flowers, man. Nobody really gave me my flowers, even my peers. You only peers I remember that always gave me my flowers. Uh, you know, and you never was afraid to emotionally tell me that. You know yeah. what I mean? It was real. And it was genuine. Everybody else that told me that I didn't feel it was genuine, yeah. but you yeah. was the only one. Yeah, you're a real dude, man. I appreciate you. I, I consider yeah. you family. I tell people that's yeah, my yeah, brother. Yeah. You know, all day you my bro. All day, man. All day. Uh, you know, we know, you know. Saying I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be moving to Pittsburgh at, in August, but I still going to make way to uh, visit. We can talk more after the show here. We can talk backstage after this. We don't have to hang up. And uh, you know, and I really want to really, you know visit you and spend some time with you and uh you know because you definitely changed my life in different ways you don't imagine um because i never had that type of genuine uh uh love from a, another black man who came from where i came from yeah uh, going through with you with in your life can't wait till your book get done and i'm definitely gonna support it buy it 
I'm gonna buy 12 of them and hand them out to people and, <laughs> and, and all that because people need to know your story, not just on the podcast, but really in book form. And yes. if you do a movie, I I play the role. Give me pay me the role of one of your counselors. I play the role of one of your foster parents. I, I, you know, I was in the movie Child Support. On yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's on Tubi. Uh, you know, since I got some acting skills a little bit, you know, I've been taking okay, okay. You know, saying shout out to my man Anthony Whiteman out there down south, uh, taking some acting classes, learning how to get my Denzel Washington on. You know, what yeah. saying my Denzel, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, get my Will Smith on. You know, okay. what I'm saying don't slap anybody. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Not gonna do that. I, I, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've grown. Uh, where I'm at now, uh, from the experience of, of my life, would I trade trade it for the world? No, because I, I I like where I'm at now. You know, what I mean, a lot of people said they would go back and change. And would you go back? Would you go back and change anything? Nothing, because um, I was talking about somebody with uh, about that. It, the funny thing is, is that um, I wouldn't change my life because number one, certain fates are inescapable. Okay, number one. Number two. The kids that I've worked with in my lifetime, the kids I've worked with, um, I worked in Child Protective Services. We got some kids adopted. Um, the people I've met along the way, I wouldn't change any of that because the kids that I've mentored and coached would not trade that for anything. I'll go through it a hundred times again, what I went through because yeah. I've met some great kids. I met some great people, therapists, coaching, all of that wouldn't trade any of the relationships for anything yeah yeah that, yeah me too i wouldn't change nothing um i keep everything the same i met the people that i met in my life for a reason yes um, i think i think a lot of people mess up in those areas because they will always want to figure out why right away right don't figure out why right away move on and, you, and you'll get the answer during your journey and it'll make yes. sense better than you want to know it now Exactly. Yeah. It'll be revealed to you when it's supposed to be revealed. Cause I found my family three years ago. I'm sorry, two, yeah, three years ago. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. I did 23 and me. Remember Sharon? Sharon yeah. was the one that said do it. I did it. And I met my brother. Then a and then six months later, I found out about what my grandfather did. And then I met my brother face to face. I wasn't ready. I was going through a divorce. Yeah. And that's when I was ready because I was open, vulnerable, and ready. And that's how I found my family. Yeah. So yeah. Tell, tell Sharon hi. I will do that. I made, and tell her I made it. I will. Yeah. Tell her I made it. I appreciate you having on the show. You stay on, big bro. And uh, right. we are, we almost we about to hear, man. Appreciate everybody turning into Underground Lounge. And next week, I have an uh, amazing guest on the show. You know what I'm going to be off the chain, more hip hop. More boom bap, more DJ and producers, and more people telling their true story and hip hop historians. And we see y'all on the underground lounge. It's your boy, the Joker, the Overlook MC. I'm out. <laughs>